Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I'm here at Black Hat Conference 2021 here in Las Vegas, and here with Paul Wagonseal, security editor, or senior editor, comma, security, Tom's guide. That's the official official one. So thanks for joining me, Paul. It's great to see you in person. Thank you. So let's get started. I think it'd be great to hear kind of about what you're looking to cover at Black Hat this year, what brought you here, and then we'll go from there a little bit more into your background, too. Well, what I what I come here to, to cover is um, is uh, stuff that inter- um, affects the end user, the consumer, the person at home or on their phone, um, something that affects their you know daily digital life, as it were. Um, you know, so I'm not looking for the most esoteric thing. Um, I'm not looking for the, the latest enterprise problem. I'm looking for stuff that really affects the common person. Okay. And what kind of talks are you going to this year? Well, just the usual stuff. I mean, um, you know, I try to, again, I try to avoid the, the really enterprise stuff, mm-hmm. even though some of it is pretty interesting. Um, I'm looking for things I can write about, mm-hmm. things that, become, that can become stories on, on Tom's Guide. Okay. So what, um, let's talk about Tom's Guide a little bit. What is your uh, focus area, and how do you define your audience, and then how do you tailor your articles for that audience? Yeah, I'll start from the back, start sure. backwards. Uh, we, have a, we assume we have a fairly general audience. Uh-huh. I mean, not quite as general as, as, say, like USA Today. But somebody who is just a little tech savvy, not really, you know, someone who knows how to use a smartphone, which is awesome for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to provide examples and help and, and, and how-to advice for people just trying to get their way through technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my uh, domain within that is, is basically anything information security related or privacy related. Okay. So are you meeting with you know, researchers or vendors here at the conference? You're doing a lot of media interviews in person? Uh, I, I meet with vendors because okay. to establish basically business relationships. Um, yeah. It's not like we make money with, off them, but we do, we, well, we kind of do actually for affiliate marketing, but that's secondary. Um, we, I review a lot of uh, antivirus software, mm-hmm. um, password managers, mm-hmm. things like that. So it helps to, to, get, the pe- get, to know the people who, you know, who I'm yeah. talking to. And of course, this year is a little different. Like we were just talking about this earlier, but it's a lot quieter, less people people here, significantly less people. What is your take on that? Like, what do you think the vibe is from I'm your perspective? It. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, I like being able to move around in freedom and not have to wait in long lines yeah. and not have to like wait twenty minutes to pee. Yeah. yeah. And there's almost a little, you know, some quality conversations too. There's less people. It's less hectic. Um, um, yeah. I mean. That's one way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> another way to look at it is you kind of get your best information or your best sort of education, really, um, from just listen, listening to people talk. Um, I mean, I've, I've probably learned as much about information security at the bar, you okay. know, at Black Hat or RSA or DEF CON um, as I have uh, going to the talks. Okay. Um, just, just you start the conversations with random people mm-hmm. and they'll tell you a lot of things. That uh, is and, and this is not stuff, I mean, this is not really stuff I'm trying to get a lead on. I'm not trying to get a scoop or trying to expose anybody. It's just for like my sort of, you know, education because in the, you know, computer security space, you can never know enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sure. never, ever assume you know everything or even close to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, more, the, more, the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. Yeah. Um, and so it's, all, it's an always a sort of continuing path of education. 
And how long have you been in the industry? It's been a while, right? Uh, I've been doing this for about 10 years. 10 years, um, okay. Yeah, before that, I was, uh, I was actually the science and technology editor at a, at a major news website. Um, and, uh, you know, covered some, some of them there, but, you know, I, I handle a lot of science, science stuff there, too. Okay. Um, so what got you into covering the security space in the first place? <laughs> uh, I was interested in it. And, and the funny thing is, the way I got interested in it, um, it's kind of random, but I have to credit two journalists whose stuff I read in the Washington Post ages ago, like 15, 20 years ago. And that would be Brian Krebs, who's okay. pretty well known, and, and also, oh shit, he's a friend of mine, I forgot his name. Uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob, um, Rob Pegararo. Rob yeah, Pegararo. yeah, yeah. Um, He's been on the podcast before. Yeah, Rob, yeah. Rob's a great guy. Um, and I've hung out with him many times. Why it's embarrassing, I just blanked on his name. But, um, <laughs> he won't tell him. He won't listen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he'll hear it. Um, sorry, Rob. Uh, anyway, so I used to read their, their sort of like personal technology stuff in, in the Washington Post. In fact, I read it on my Palm Pilot. My original Palm Pilot, you know, so mm -hmm. like, just the original thing. I used to download the Washington Post and the New York Times hook it up on my laptop every morning and just kind of ingest the feed and read it in monochrome text. And, and um, wow. Rob and Brian's stuff was, was just fascinating. Um, and it's kind of ironic that, that the Post didn't retain them, but because uh, mm. now they totally have much more co coverage like that. But back mm -hmm. then, they were the some of the only mainstream journalists covering the stuff, and it was really, wow. really good. That is that is interesting. Yeah, I always I'm, like to hear how people get into the industry. Yeah, and I, I well, basically, so when the science and technology job came up, and I, my old employer, I just kind of jumped at the chance and, and started covering uh, huh. information security stuff when I could, and that was about you know 2005, mm -hmm. uh, and then I uh, got offered a job at my present position. Cool. I've been there for for 10 years now. So, what's one of the most memorable stories that you've written or topics that you've covered? Well. Golly. Uh, <laughs> Tough question. There's probably a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I have to. The funny thing is, like, the, the real greatest hits of information security are not really something that I cover, like, yeah. know, like Stuxnet or the, uh, you know, solar winds or, mm -hmm. or colonial pipeline hacks of, of recent years. Uh, that's not stuff we really cover. We did touch upon colonial pipeline, we did touch upon, mm -hmm. upon Stuxnet, but that's not stuff that affects the end user um, so much, anyway. Um, mm -hmm. Some stuff that, that really did affect people, I think, was was at the, uh, the Facebook um, Cambridge Analytica thing oh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, in a way, the impact was not immediate on the end user, but it's something that everyone could relate to, and it's something that led to major policy changes, mm -hmm. which was good. Like, I agree with that. Um, my personal favorites were maybe uh, stuff I wrote years ago about, um, about the uh, consumer, or the uh, whatever the... <clears throat> the law that basically makes it legal to hack, I forgot the name of it. Um, it it's the stuff that, like, Aaron Swartz, this guy who, um, oh, yeah. he basically kind of killed himself because he was being, being, being uh, prosecuted. Uh, it was kind of a gray area, and, and the prosecutors were throwing, throwing the book at him. So I wrote a big story about, about why this law kind of makes everyone a criminal yeah. because, you know, you can't even share a password on the Internet that you're not supposed oh, wow. to do or something. I don't know. It, it, it was, it was a, it's a law that still needs to be repealed. Or okay. not repealed, but changed, rewritten. Yeah, revisited. And I wish I remember the name of the law right now, because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> no worries. It's, it's yeah. you know, challenging during the week of Black yeah. Hat. Um, and obviously, like, here in, in 2021, we've had some interesting headlines already. You mentioned Colonial Pipeline, you know, the executive order, a lot of ransomware attacks. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to be, like, one of the biggest headlines coming out of this year? 
Well, I just, um, you know, the Matt Tate's talk, keynote talk uh, earlier today. Matt, Matt Tate is a uh, fairly well-known guy who used to work at GCHQ. Um, mm-hmm. his, his, um, his Twitter handle was, was hack all the things. <laughs> uh, now he teaches at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, and he was kind of going through the, the timeline of this, and he's saying we're seeing a lot more supply chain attacks. We're seeing a lot more zero-day attacks. Um, and I think, and he said it's just it's just getting started. And he made a pretty compelling case for that being the case. Okay. Um, for, for things kind of get worse. Now, this isn't really stuff that I cover, but it's going to have an impact on, on the people who do yeah. my stuff. You know, and the Colonial Pipeline did have a, a, a real effect. Yeah. Um, people perhaps freaked it was, out. Perhaps it was an over overreaction, but it definitely had a real effect. Yeah. Um, and and uh, we're going to see more of that, I think, mm-hmm. in the future, where you're going to have. Criminal activity with a sort of knock-on physical, yep. um, you know, reflection. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I think the critical infrastructure attacks, like it's, yeah. it impacts people. It's on, you know, it's on the news, and you know, your mm-hmm. family hears, it and they're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And they right. think that's becoming more mainstream. More how, like ransomware now is like a household yeah. term, right? I mean, the news coverage kind of made the situation worse because yeah. people panicked and created gas shortages where they didn't exist. Just like toilet paper yeah. last year, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. So when you're looking to cover um, any kind of story, what do you look for in resources? I'm sure you get pitched a lot, you know, um, when you're look, trying, trying to interview people, kind of what is your take on that? What do you look for? What differentiates? I'm looking for stuff that, that's, uh, again, easy, easily relatable to by the average user, something yeah. that I can explain. Um, to, to people. I mean, for example, one of the problems I have is, is a lot of the stuff that I see is, that's fascinating is hard to explain. Um, mm-hmm. I just saw a great talk on how um, IPv6 addresses can be geolocated, like right down individual uh-huh. houses. And that was very compelling, but most people don't even know what IPv6 is, mm-hmm. let alone IPv4. Um, so I'm going to write this up, but it's going to have to take three or four graphs of just you know, explaining it, explaining context, it. You yeah. know, what what, what 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 do you call that in a in, in, in a movie? You know, they, you have to you basically set setting up, up the plot. You have, to set up, up. you have to set up a scene first, and uh, exposition they call yep. it. It's going to take three or four graphs of just exposition to, re- to explain why this is important, and I'm more I'm going to lose the reader in those three or four graphs. So mm-hmm. that's the tricky part. You know, explaining because because generally the average person's understanding of how things work is about 15 to 20 years behind the way they actually work. Okay. I mean, one one of the big problems we had like a year, a few years ago with uh, the whole idea of net neutrality, which was really amplified by a lot of like VPN companies trying to gain Mm -hmm. subscribers and it worked, was that people don't understand how the internet works. Uh, They were using, they were scaring people with a a model of how the internet worked 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work that way now. While I still support net neutrality, the debate around it has completely changed, mm-hmm. but in a way that very that not very many people understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the issue. It's like you're, you're dealing. It's like you're trying to explain, you know, auto mechanic, you know, a way a car works that people don't know anything about. It. Sorry. That right. Was no, that answer. makes sense, and it's interesting because yeah. it's like the, what what is the impact of it? There's all these terms and technologies and everything. And it's like okay, so what what actually matters? Right. Day, how does this impact me and my life and my privacy or whatever? Exactly. So you have to yeah. lead with the impact. Mm-hmm. You have to lead with the impact. Kind of explain how it works really briefly, and then you kind of get into like how people can kind of kind of mitigate the problem yeah. if they can, and then you go into technical explanation. Mm-hmm. 
So. Definitely a challenge from like a writing perspective, yeah, right? But kind of a cool challenge. It's like it is, but you have to kind of you kind of have to write story backward. Yeah, um, that makes you sense. Know, you start you start with the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to check that one out. We'll yeah. watch for that one to yeah. post. Yeah. <laughs> and then, how do you think companies should differentiate themselves in such a crowded space? The security industry is just full of, you know, vendors trying to solve the same problem with different types of technology or similar technologies. And what do you think differentiates them? Um, that's hard to say. I mean, you know, you can say, you can try to look at it from a marketing perspective with yeah. branding and logos and fun campaigns and whatnot. But one thing that people in the information security space really do respect is transparency and honesty. Um, and for a while, like Google had held that mantle. It mm. doesn't really anymore. But I think people appreciate it when a company, especially a large company, is, is honest and transparent about what, about what it's doing. Um, in a way, Microsoft is kind of like one of the leaders in that right now. They mm-hmm. went from being one of the most reviled companies 20 years ago to being grudgingly respected now because um, you know they've had a real change of leadership and a change of approach. And while I, you know, there is certainly a lot of self-serving going on in the way they market themselves, um, they are really quite transparent mm-hmm. about, about what's going on. Um, and what's what's interesting is that Apple Apple is respected for basically for its security and for its privacy things, but they are one of the least transparent companies. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of wondering if that's ever going to huh. come back and you know, bite them in the butt. And it's those big companies like the Google, Apple, Microsoft that they can do so much. And there's so many small vendors too, right? So yeah. it's like, how are they going? How are the big companies, big tech companies, going to approach it versus the small startups or the niche? Well, that's a good question because the big companies at least have the the leeway to, to, to choose how honest they can be. They're yeah. not going to really lose a lot of market share. I mean, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, you know, they're not going away. Mm-hmm. It's a small or medium range vendor that can really lose a lot of market share if, if something is determined to be, you know, unsafe. Yeah. Um, so they, they run a real risk by saying, okay, we had this breach, this is how it happened, this is how we're going to fix it. A lot of companies will just say, no, this didn't happen, or they'll try to keep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. But that can really backfire. Interesting. Um, yeah. Casia, the, the, you know, that did this, this, this quite new uh, supply chain attack yep. on this managed service provider software maker. I mean, they've not been that transparent, and it's, it's kind of bite them in the butt. I can understand why they're not being transparent. They want to save their business, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird flying line. Yeah, that is. Um, and then, I mean, it's been an interesting year. How, how has the pandemic and everything with COVID, has that impacted you or and like journalism in general? Like, how no, do you I think mean, that I has... Mean, in, in my industry, we live on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, a lot of computer security researchers work from home. Yeah. It doesn't matter that much to them. I mean, my, my company, the company I work for is is actually primarily a print company, mm-hmm. print, print media. Um, so they want people to come back to the office. Sure. Uh, and they're trying to get people to come back to the office and they're trying to basically dictate a comp- company policy. Um, it's nice being in an office, yeah. but I don't have to be. Yeah. Um, and actually nobody I work with immediately has to be. We've been working remotely for a year and a half and mm-hmm. doing really well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting. And then um, outside of just you know security and reporting, anything interesting that uh, that you're interested in or are doing that listeners wouldn't know about you or suspect? <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm the most boring person alive. Oh I no! I can't really tell you anything. I mean, you know, I mean, look, my, my, my main goal in life right now is to get enough sleep. Yeah, that's you know? a good one. Yeah. I need that too. <laughs> <laughs> and anything interesting that Tom's guy working on or that you're working on that you want to discuss or promote? Um, anything cool coming up? Oh golly, <laughs> I'm just trying to get my work done. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I, I, I can't, I don't really have any big yeah. goals on the horizon. Um, How many stories do you think you'll produce out of a conference like this? I usually shoot for like, oh man, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to shoot for five out of each at least, okay. you know, out of Defcon and Black out of each. Sometimes I get to that mark, um, sometimes I don't. Okay. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, is that like, all that really matters is if you get a couple of hits. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, most stories will grab a few readers. I mean, then every once in a while they go and have zillions of readers. And it's completely random. I mean, sometimes you, you, you don't really know which ones it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and, and it's often things you don't really think about. And all of a sudden, boom, it gets picked up by, gets picked up by like, the Daily Mail. Right. You know, that kind of That's kind of cool. Yeah, yes and no, because the Daily Mail doesn't really credit you. But, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just the unexpected. Yeah. Like, you don't know yeah. what, what could maybe take off more than something yeah. else. Like, yeah, it's kind of Unexpected. Random. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, I think one of the last ones that did that was, I think I was here a couple of years ago, and, and uh, there was a guy talking about um, um, GPS satellite systems. Um, they, uh, they were kind of running out of memory space, and they were going to do a rollover, uh, which means that the countdown clock was going to start from zero, which meant that a oh. lot of things were going to, like, mess up. And I wrote about it saying, you know, the guy's literally, literally said, don't fly on this date, you know, Oof. like April 2019 or whatever. And um, that made headlines. I, I got sure. Like, you know, that, and he was kind of right, because most of the American Airlines did, did mitigate that and didn't really have a problem. But there were a couple of others that had to, like, ground all the planes that day. Okay. Really problems. And that's something that people hear, and they're like, wow, like Main Street, right? It's like, mm-hmm. this is in this, what's the impact of this? It could be yeah. a huge impact, right? Like yeah. travel. It, it was basically a Y2K bug for GPS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the best way to explain it. Interesting. Um, and we get that, we get, you know, we get stuff like that, stuff like that all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's another one coming up on, and I think, 2032. Okay. Another, what well, I wouldn't call it a Y2K bug, but it is really similar. It's, um, it's, a, it's a Linux Linux calendar rollover. Um, the... Huh. Uh, Unix calendar, not not not, 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 not Unix, Unix calendar. Unix Unix time is incremented in seconds, and uh, it started at I think on like January first or turned January fifteenth, nineteen seventy, and it's literally been counting seconds ever since that moment. And they're just kind of run out of seconds, and they have to start over again <laughs> in twenty thirty two. But that means like all these devices that use Unix time, even your phone, yeah, you know, might have problems. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. People so, don't think about that or even know yeah, about that. No, they just live their life and they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, they don't know about it. Crazy. But my job is to tell them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, Paul, this has been really great talking to you <laughs> and learning more about what you're covering. And yeah. I think we'll definitely be watching for your articles out of Black Hat. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's a, it takes a lot of research. Yeah. yeah. And I am glad that we got to meet in person after sure. so long. But um, for everyone listening, this has been Christine Blake at Black Hat. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.